Welcome to the fourth episode of 15 Minute Fire, a Torah inspiration podcast brought to you by the Shivata Kotel Bergman Family Leadership Program. In this episode of the show, I'll be interviewing Rabbi Steven Berg. Rabbi Berg currently works as the Director General of Asia Torah Global, a world-renowned Jewish education organization based out of Yerushalayim that spreads Torah across the world. Previously, Rabbi Berg worked as the International Director of NCSY, bringing thousands of teens closer to Torah, followed by a time as Managing Director of the Orthodox Union. Rabbi Berg is also the founder of the Jewish Student Union, a network of public high school clubs that teaches unaffiliated teens about their Jewish heritage. Rabbi Berg also serves as the Eastern Director of the Simon Weisenthal Center, a global human rights organization tasked with confronting anti-Semitism and promoting human rights and the state of Israel. There is much more to say, but if I did, we would be here all day. So with that said, I'm Ben Sion Gisser, and here's my interview with Rabbi Steven Berg. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of 15 Minute Fire. It is my pleasure today to interview Rabbi Steven Berg. Rabbi Berg, how are you doing today? Great. Happy to be here with you. It is my honor to have Rebbe on the podcast. So without further ado, let's just jump right into the questions. Question number one, Rebbe has done a lot of work with Kirov in his life through NCSY, through JSU and many other organizations, the Orthodox Union. What's the importance of Kirov to Am Yisrael? And how can the average Jew work on being Makari of others? Look, I think the importance is that our fundamental belief is that uh, Baruch Hu loves Hashem loves us, right? He loves us with the most incredible love in the world. And, you know, for Hashem, Hashem has children. And a lot of our children are lost. 80% of Jews in the diaspora don't want any, don't have any connection, aren't interested in any connection to their Jewishness. So, you know, 80%, that's basically, you're talking about like four out of five kids in a family have just like wandered away. And our job is to bring them back to Hashem to really, number one is, I think, for the sake of Hashem to bring the Jewish people back. But I think it's even more than that, to show them that they can have an incredible qualitative life uh, with Torah. And I think that's really what outreach is, what Kirov is. And I think it's fundamental to uh, the belief as a Jew is that we really believe in, in, in Torah. We really believe in, in Hashem. And therefore we want people to, to connect. So I think it's probably one of the more, more important things uh, that, that are out there. And I, th- I think it's also when you love someone, you just want to talk about them all the time. You want to just like, you're almost obsessed with them. And I think that's the same with Hashem. You know, when, when you talk to people who are not religious and they ask you questions, right? You believe in God. Why do you believe in God? Well, then you have to stop and think, well, why do I believe in God, right? You have to articulate your beliefs. And every time you articulate your beliefs, it makes you stronger. It makes you more inside. It makes you a stronger Jew. And I think that's why it, it's so important. You know, Avram Avinu, Right, who was the first Jew, ostensibly went out and brought Nevesh Asher Asher Bechar, but a hundred thousand Jews, uh, not Jews at the time, right? Just a hundred thousand people to the Almighty. And I always tell people, how many of them stuck with them? Not many. So was he a failure? No. Every conversation he had with those hundred thousand people brought him closer to the Almighty. So it, it's the it's really something that that helps you while helping others. So in terms of working on it, how can we, how can we work on on being Makari of others? Look, everyone, you know, whether it's your doctor, your lawyer, your neighbor, everyone interacts with Jews that are not connected. And, and I think that, you know, I, I don't know what it is. It's like this like secret club. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can share this and that. I don't know if they'll like it that, like this. And I can tell you at Ashtora, I remember when the Secretary of State, uh, sorry, Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin came to visit us. And uh, we were supposed to take a picture with him on the fifth floor. We brought him up. And all of a sudden, you know, he spots the view. He goes right outside to the balcony, the Diener Terrace. 
and he's looking around and he starts asking us questions, right? And there was a huge meeting of like, you know, multimillionaire like CEOs waiting to meet him. And all he wanted to do was understand the first base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash, the third base of Mikdash. And we're sitting for 20 minutes learning Torah with him on the porch. And if you had asked anyone, right, Secretary Treasurer Mnuchin, right, who is not a, 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 that close to his, his Judaism in terms of practice, right, would he want to sit on the porch for 20 minutes and, and, and hear a sheer and, and a give and take on the base of Mikdash? He said, you're out of your mind. This guy's a Secretary of Treasury. What are you doing? But I'm telling you, his neshama, his heart, that's what he wanted to be doing. And therefore, if, if the Secretary of Treasury can be taught Torah and, and have a desire to learn Torah, then your neighbor, your doctor, your lawyer, the person sitting next to you on a plane, they can also be brought back to Torah. Absolutely. So the fundamental the fundamental thing in order to work on being the of others is understanding that each and every person can be taught Torah. It's just about hitting the right nerve, finding the right Torah for them and finding something that can really connect them. Moving right along, um, in Rebbe's time working on behalf of Am Yisrael, um, what are some things you have seen that have given you hope for a strong Jewish future? I think, I think young people, I think there's a certain energy and passion there. You know, I think that, you know, the fact that you walk in the streets of, of Yushalayim and you see that there is Torah there and there is strength and there is a certain amount of pride, uh, that definitely makes you, you know, know that we're going to have a Jewish future. And look, I, I heard this many years ago and I believe it. You know, they said, you know, they used to complain about Jewish continuity. Jewish people, are we going to disappear? Are we going to continue? And the answer is we're for sure going to continue because God made a promise to Avram we're always going to be there. The Jews will be there till the end of time. The question is, who is going to be there with us? And I think what encourages me is I see so many people that do not have a background. We have uh, young men that walk into Asia Torah, you know, with tattoos and earrings, long hair. Um, you know, a lot of times they, quite frankly, come there a little bit inside Israel, even, you know, in, in some of their, the, the way they approach things. And then they sit down and then they learn wisdom of the Torah. And then they, wow, this speaks to me. You know, and they slowly, you can, you can, it's getting to them, and they want to have a life that's connected to the Almighty. That makes you, that makes you feel great. That really, you know, puts you on a high that there is a future, you know, for young people leading the Jewish people, and these are the future leaders of Jewish people. What depresses us is the fact that, like I said, 80% of Jews in the diaspora outside of Israel have no connection and have no desire to be close. And frankly, they didn't walk out the door. They didn't say, oh, this is Judaism, I'm leaving. They never were exposed to passionate, beautiful Judaism, right? Like Yeshiva Kota, where you are, right? When they go dancing down those steps every Friday night, you want to be a part of that. That's Judaism that we need to be selling in the streets. Absolutely, the, the, the high part of Judaism. And, and, and Rebbe's seen that across the board. Is there a particular story that Rebbe could share? Just like that, that, that Rebbe saw really, like, wow, this is, this, this is beautiful. This, this gives me a ton of hope. A specific story, you know, it's um, there, there's lots of great stories. Just being in Jerusalem and 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 just being there, you know, I, I tell you, there was uh, it was during COVID. Our building was not open, and it was kind of empty, as you can imagine. And all of a sudden, a young woman, um, she walked in. You know, I, I wasn't sure she walked in with one of our staff people. She came upstairs. She's like, I have this letter. I have to give to someone. I have this letter, and I'm like, oh, I'm happy to take the letter. Tell me what's your background. And uh, she told me she's from a small town in Texas where there are no other Jews there and really just kind of her and her mom. And she told me that H.com, if you go on H.com, 
basically, if you're there for 30 seconds, a rabbi will get on and be like, how can I help you? What can I do for you? And, and you know, call live chat where you can talk to a rabbi no matter where you are. And she said that her mother um, started speaking to a rabbi um, through H.com and got closer and closer to Judaism and was so inspired that she sent her daughter to study in Israel. And this young woman was here literally studying in Israel. She was from like a small town, Texas, just because H.com, which reaches a million people a month, right, was able to, to reach this small town. And I think that's the world that we live in today. It's that world of social media. Every single Jew today is accessible through social media. And our job is to go get them and go show them the way back to Torah. Absolutely. That's really awesome. I've met a couple people like that who have been around and have heard from H.com. In fact, my family's a big H.com family. We love watching the videos and reading the articles on H.com. So it's truly affected me as well. It's been absolutely awesome to see just grow in like a strong media presence, a social media presence, an internet presence for the Jewish people is extremely important, evidently, and it's done fantastic things like that. Moving right along, Rebbe has had multiple leadership roles in major Jewish organizations, as well as founding major Jewish organizations. Can, get, can Rebbe give any aspiring leader listening to this one or two suggestions of what they should be doing right now to improve their leadership skills? I think there are a couple of, of pieces of leadership. I think number one is humility. I think that um, you know arrogant people make very bad leaders. I think that you have to really because humble people can listen to others and can, they, they can gain from others. And if you're arrogant, you're just not listening to other people. I think it takes humility. Um, I think it takes relentlessness because if you're a leader, you're gonna, you're gonna hit a brick wall. And when you hit a brick wall, you have three choices. You can go around it, you can go over it, you can go through it, right? And, and so therefore it, it's humility coupled with relentlessness. And I think the most important piece, which this I find is throughout Judaism, throughout the Bible always comes up, is uh, the taking of responsibility, right? Meaning a, a leader looks around and sees something that no one else is taking care of and steps forward to take care of it. And it doesn't matter if it's spiritual, it doesn't matter if it's physical. On a physical level, you know, you fight anti-Semitism, you fight the people that are trying to hurt Jews, right? People go to Israeli army, you really, you take charge for the physical safety of the Jews. And you also watch out for the spiritual safety of the Jews. Both of those are important. Moshe Rabbeinu, God is the Torah. He saved us spiritually, but he's also the person that saved us from a genocide in Egypt where they were killing babies. And so leaders see what needs to be done and then they can, they can do it. You know, one of the, the things I always quote uh, is from uh, Walt Disney. When Walt Disney uh, died, he actually died before he saw Disney World. And uh, so they said to him, they said, you know, isn't it a tragedy? He said to his, his brother Roy, isn't it, uh, uh, isn't it a tragedy that he didn't get to see uh, Disney World finished? And he said, no, no, you don't understand. He saw it and that's why it's here. Meaning leaders can see the way something's supposed to be and then work and build towards it, right? That's, that's what a real leader is. A real leader is humble, a real leader is relentless and a real leader takes responsibility and, and, and understands the potential of where things can wind up. Right, absolutely. And in terms of working on those things, does it just take practice or is there a certain methodology that one should take? I think it takes practice. I think that, you know, I think that young people need to, to just try and, and take responsibility for something, just try and do something, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, go work in a homeless shelter, go work at a, a, a food pantry, go work at a, a, a place where you can tutor, you know, younger children, like just go out there and get the experience and go do stuff, right? Make things happen. Don't just sit at home on your phone. You know, the, the more you get out there 
and, you know, the more you can make things happen. And I think it's also important to have uh, good role models, you know, really people you can look up to who are good leaders um, and, and you can say, wow, that's, that's the type of person I want to emulate, you know, and, and you know, with, with mentors kind of showing you the way, uh, you're out of how you can make your difference and how you can change the world. I mean, look, the only two things guaranteed is everyone's born and everyone dies, right? And between that, God just wants to see how much you get done. And, and that's what leadership is. Leadership is those points in between those two points of time. And I'll also just add that there's more selfish being in a world than a baby, right? A baby's born, they cry when they're in the bathroom, they cry when they're hungry, they cry when they're bored, right? And at some point, you go from being a selfish baby or a child to being selfless as an adult, where it, it, you stop taking, you start giving, right? And when you start giving, you know that that's why I was put on, on the earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just wondering, this is kind of off the hip. Is there, is there any individual, any role model that Rebbe saw as a tremendous leader and what, uh, what Rebbe learned from him? So many. There's so many role models, you know? Look, to me, I always tell people, you know, my role models are more for from the Bible. You know, for me, King David was the most awesome role model. I tell people the beginning of his life, you know, his father tried to kill him. The end of his life, his son tried to kill him. In the middle of the Philistines tried to kill him. He still got a lot done, you know, and he, you know, King David is just that picture of relentlessness um, that not only, first of all, is he a warrior, but he's also a Tamachacham. He wrote to him. He's, you know, he's that spiritual presence. But he also gets things done and he's always pushing for God and he's always dedicated. And, you know, in the end of the day, it's about God. You know, Torah and mitzvahs are a means to an end. They're to get you to God. Everything is about getting you to God. And, and you just need you know, what he wants you to do. And I think people like, like David, people like Moshe, you know, and the, those are the people that basically got, they figured out what God wanted from them. And that's what we got to do. And he, God doesn't want me to be, David doesn't want me to be Moshe. He wants me to be me. And I got to, that's my struggle in life to figure that out. Absolutely. Rabbi Berg, I'd just like to thank you so much for joining me on episode 415 Minute Fires. Truly appreciated. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Thanks so much to the listeners of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 15 Minute Fire. Please share with your friends and family. Let's spread the fire of Torah. Thank you much. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of 15 Minute Fire. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, please email 15minutefire at gmail.com. That's 15minutefire at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great day.